looking for a podcast about nothing, then you are definitely in the right spot. Join Ross Peterson and Mark Charter each week as they discuss life, current events, and the things you are not allowed to talk about at work. Okay, hang on, because here we go. This is Ross and Mark, Jump the Shark. Jump the Shark is sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse can help you save thousands when you sell, and we can help you buy your next home as well. Google Charterhouse to see hundreds of great reviews or learn more about us at charterhouseiowa.com. Now here is the show. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Payday, Ross. Ross is talking about how much money he's making. I like it. I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. Daddy closed one today. Well, I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. Said I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. And if I share with you my story, will you share your dollar with me? I wanted to picture Ross walking down a street, pimp hat on, (laughs) cash literally coming out of his pockets. Let's let's keep picturing it. It's nice, dude. You should like that that mental picture. By the way, did you watch any of the Tulsa game last night? No, not a bit of it. Tulsa's down. I know this is why people tune in to hear the Tulsa recaps. Right. Tulsa's playing Tulane. <laughs> T- Tulsa's playing Tulane. They're down 14 nothing. Third string quarterback in for Tulsa due to injuries. They come back to tight at 14. Uh, Tulane goes ahead 21-14. Uh, it's fourth and forever. Last play of the game, Tulane, I think, it's got 38 yards to go to the end zone. Hail Mary. Caught. Touchdown. Goes to OT. Goes double OT. Tulane throws a pick six in the oh, game. Oh, wow. Tulsa comes back and wins it. But the point of my Tulsa story is, you know how everyone now has the turnover chains and like they all got yeah. their own things, right. right? Tulsa has a pimp hat <laughs> <laughs> that they wear. This is like a blue like fedora with a feather coming out of it, dude. <laughs> and after the quarterback would throw a touchdown, he comes over and grabs the pimp hat and puts it on. Uh, Grandview, who has a fantastic football team this year. I mean, a team that will will compete for the national title in, in NAI. They have a turnover belt, which I think is a com- pretty common thing. It looks like a big WWE. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I've seen that before, Ross. Yeah. That's yeah, tried that's and true. Right. I've seen the chains. I Last like night the- was the first time I saw a pimp hat. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to be honest. That was a new one. Uh, I've always thought that the... Uh, uh, the tchotchke stupid stuff that's hanging around on sidelines is always way over the top. Well, part- like Minnesota, a couple years ago when uh, when PJ Flex showed up up there, they would come out of the tunnel with like six different pieces of uh, accoutrement. I guess I'm not even sure what you call it. Accoutrement. <laughs> Where it's like they had a battle axe and they had a big oar and they. It depends on what type of turnover, Ross. That's that's what dictated that. Um, the problem with it, though, is when do you pull that stuff out? I mean, if you're down 28 nothing and you throw, and you throw a touchdown 
in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Are you, you don't co- are you coming over striding around the sideline in your pimp hat? No. I would even say that that yeah, there should be uh, something with the about the timing of it in the game, right? That you wouldn't want your players to be doing it even in the first quarter, second quarter. I mean, maybe in the third quarter, if you put a game in uh, on ice, you know what I mean? It's 42 to nothing and you get a pick six. All right, come over, put the pimp hat on. I but I think outside of that, it's got to be like when the game gets put away, that's when you can start to do that stuff. Cause, but that's not what, it's, that's not what it does. I that's mean, when not, they, I mean, when they did it, when is, the first time I saw the pimp hat, I think they were either still down seven or maybe tied. They just tied it. Possibly. So, Mark, like, that's a thing in baseball about uh, throwing the ball around the horn. You strike a guy out, you yeah. throw the ball around the horn. Yeah. Uh, some coaches say you do not do that if you are losing the game. Okay. Uh, because you're, you're losing. Throw the ball back to the pitcher, play the game. But that's almost like throwing around the horn celebratory, is it? I always thought it was more for, like, give the pitcher a little bit of time to regroup. That's, that's, there's a lot of reasons. And, uh, it, yeah. and keep your guys loose. Exactly. That's the, that's the bigger one is right? because, uh, as we all know, that have watched youth baseball. A lot of strikeouts. When, when a pitcher can't throw strikes – the other seven players, sans the catcher, are out of the game. They just they're they're completely checked out. And then a ground ball does get hit. It's a fieldable ball. The kid wasn't paying attention because yeah. there hasn't been a strike thrown in forty pitches. Yep, yeah. I I agree with you. Um, caricature wall here at Charter House, oh, looking wonderful, man. Coming together. I uh, I had one of those moments the other day where I, I I was here by myself at the office and I was about peeing myself, dude. It was. It was funny. Johnny, so Bernsey, as we call him, John Olson, uh, who is our newest agent, right, technically? Uh, Taylor. Uh, I think Taylor's our newest Ta- agent. Taylor come on after Burns? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. But anyway. We're pretty close. Nicole, Taylor, John, and uh, Terrell, who does not work here yet, but will be at the beginning of the year. Their caricatures came in. So we, uh, when you work here, you get a caricature. It goes up on the wall. makes us look legit. We added Johnny's to the wall yesterday, and uh, John, we're staring at it right now. So John, John, John's, to go just, John's is interesting. Just to give everybody an idea, when you go left to right, everybody's in a suit or a dress, and it goes guy, girl, guy, girl, guy, girl, guy, girl, all the way down the line. And everybody's in a suit or a dress. You get down to Taylor, who, as we've talked about, is a drag racer. Her Correct. and her dad yes. build and race drag race cars. Correct. So she's wearing a racing suit. Nate Lee, back in a suit. I'm in a suit. You're in a suit with a mic. So yeah, we try, we, well, uh, now we try to do something that's fitting of who the people are. Right. So Nicole, who's got hers, is not uh, particularly known for any one thing. So she has nothing. Taylor's known for racing. You got a radio gig some might know about. So you got a microphone. Uh, next to you is Jeff Lanning, who works here. Jeff, uh, former pro ball player. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff is sliding in his. He is wearing a suit, but he's sliding in the home plate. Uh, the home plate has a house sitting on it. Jeff has a backwards hat on, but it's fitting for Jeff, if you know Jeff. Sliding into a sold home. And, and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but jo- John's, end, John's a golfer. Then on the end is John Olson. Now, every, everybody else is in a suit or a racing suit in Taylor's game. Now, notice John's is the only one that has a little color on it as well. He's got some green grass. No one else has anything like that. John's golfing in his. Well, he's leaning on a putter. He's on a golf course. He has a golf bag behind him. He's leaning on a, on a crooked putter. But his outfit is really what sells it. Because while everybody else is in a suit, looking very professional, Bernsey's in, like, some sort of kilt. Okay, so so we're not quite sure. <laughs> all right? Now, I'll post this. I'm going to post his picture on on Twitter. Yeah, so okay. if you don't follow us, it's at Ross and Mark on Twitter. Okay? 
because this is a visual you'll want to see. You'll want to see what John looks like. So he's wearing a red golf shirt and either shorts or a kilt. Yeah, I'm, I'm We're sure not sure. I think it's supposed to be shorts. It's, it's, but pl- it's plaid. He's also wearing, what do they call those socks that come up to your to your knees? It looks like he could be wearing shin guards. He's wearing argyle socks. Argyle socks pulled and, up. And what appears to be women's loafers. <laughs> I'm not. They're white. They're tasseled. Pointed. They, they clearly have tassels. Very pointed. Now, the other thing, speaking of pointed, uh, only one of John's ears is exposed in this particular photo, and it does look like Spock. I've, bit, I've known bit. John a long time, and I don't think of him as having Spock ears. So I don't know if she took some liberties. It. Didn't notice it when he was here either. Should have noticed. Well, if he had Spock ears, I think he I would think just notice, right? Right. So I think she took some liberties. So he looks a little elfish in this. Yeah, he does. That's a good way to put it. He's not a huge fan, and he asked me to not put it up. And I, I, <laughs> well, denied, it I denied that request, <laughs> and it is now on the wall. <laughs> So I, I will be posting this for to Twitter oh, for good. you guys to, to check out. Uh, Bensie's getting ready to walk out, so I want him to hear me say this. I watched a really good uh, new documentary series on Netflix last night. It's called We Are the Champions. Okay. But it's not about sports. Okay. Um, Champions of what? Well, the first episode is about, have you guys ever seen that competition that happens in England? Where they roll the wheel of cheese down that giant hill, and people and people race down the hill. After it sounds the awesome, cheese. but I don't think I've seen it. <laughs> Ross, obviously, you're digging it, dude. This series, this series is kind of like that Losers series that was on Netflix. Um, it's just like such really just such good storytelling. Rain Wilson is the guy that uh, that um, narrates them. Mm-hmm. The first one is about those competitions, and maybe some of you, if you. If you Google cheese rolling downhill, you're going to see these races, and you've seen these clips. I know you have, where people just wreck themselves. Yeah, they're running down. Uh, it's a it's 100 meters, and it is a 45 degree angle down down a a, a a grassy slope. It's their version of Pamplona. This is their running with the bulls wherever this took place. It's crazy, man. It is people, but get it's, it's actual cheese. Up. It's they actually take a, a local. Dairy yeah. makes a wheel of cheese. They wrap the wheel of cheese in tape. The, lo- the, the local community okay. kind of takes time wrapping the, the wheel. And then they, yeah, they have a women's race once a year. They have three men's races a year. And it's like a real thing. It's like a real, I mean, it, it, it seems so silly. And it, it certainly is something that you could get drunk and show up and go, yeah, I'll do it. I'll sign up. Yeah. Let's go. Sounds awesome. Or you could train all year long and try What is the point of this series, though? What are they showing? Just weird events? The point of the series is, yeah, competition. Okay. And, yeah, sharing the stories of champions. And kind of like that Losers series, sharing the stories that are more than about the sport or just that surface-level stuff. More than about winning and losing. Yeah. And how you can lose and winning and you can win and losing and all those intricacies that can happen. Sure. Um. This is fun, man. The first one, it's only, right now, I think there were five, if I remember right. The first one was about these people that chase cheese downhill. Cheese chasers. And, and by the way, fastest 100 meters ever run is not Usain Bolt. It's, it's these, these guys running It's these downhill. idiots throwing themselves down a hill. It's insane, Mark. That does I'm sound, telling you. That does sound kind of fun. I mean, not for me. I'd break things and pull things. I, but. It is the type of thing that if when I were 18, 19, 20, my buddies and I would have absolutely loved sure. this and signed up to do it and gone and had a great time. Yep. But, I mean, the cheese gets going like 80 miles an hour down the hill. 
It's it's wild. Man. I thought you were gonna say um, something about how they're diving out of the way, like they got to get out of the way of the cheese, or it's like cheese chicken. There are people at the bottom of the hill you know, waiting to see how close the cheese can get. So they, there, there are people at the bottom of the hill that are there to catch the runners. Okay, and obviously the very they even show like the uh, the instructor before the event telling them, "Hey guys." It's really dry. The cheese is going to be coming at a, at, a, at a record pace. So make sure you get out of the way of the cheese ball because it's going to be coming at 90 miles an hour. Man killed by cheese. Great headline. It, it would it, it'd give you a concussion. Great headline. So the second episode then, Mark, it was fascinating because it was about chilies. And I mean like hot peppers. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, so hot eating competition. Yeah, man. I I'm did, out. I, I, me too. And you know the day we you ate, ate the, the death, death nut. You ate the death nut, though. Dude, this is a whole different... Ball what did I pay? Wax. 50 bucks for that? You make 50 bucks? We need more Ross challenges. That's what we That's need. That's right. I'm, I'm down. Um, the, I didn't know. You, the Carolina Reaper is apparently like the hottest. I know pepper. about it. Yeah. Okay. I, did, I knew about it too. What I didn't know is that it's a man-made pepper. Hmm. So nature only allows peppers to grow to a certain Scoville level. Yeah. And it's not very high c- compared to what we know now. Well, now it's millions if you watch the show Hot Ones, which is a fantastic love, show on YouTube. Love Hot Ones. Key and Peele had one of the best episodes. I would completely agree. Have you seen the Gordon Ramsay one? I don't think so. If you're okay with the F word. Yeah, because he, he uses it a lot. It's like fucking hell, fucking hell. Yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Hell. he uses it a lot. The whole time, man. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that is uh, uh, Hot Ones is a good good like teaser for what these guys do. Yeah. They introduce you to the guy who invented Carolina Reaper okay. peppers. He basically has been cross-pollinating peppers in South Carolina for decades and has, solely to make one super super hot. And that and and Mark he has it's become a compounding thing where he got from, you know, 500,000 Scovilles to a million Scovilles and then instantly to 2 million and now can get to 4 million. Uh, it's, it is, it's a pretty interesting one about, do we know who Scoville is by the way? He's the guy. Yeah. They talked about it in the documentary. Okay. He is the guy that came up with the test that they use to, to determine how hot the pepper is. And the way that they do that is really scientific. I mean, they, they crush the pepper down. It's dehydrated. It's mixed with something. It's spun back down. It's injected into this machine. It's legit. Legit. It's a scientific. It's not like some guy takes a bite and goes, seems like 4,000 to me. There's there's just certain things in life you're like, yeah, that's not me, man. Not built for that. Uh, Hot eating would be one for me. I I mean, hot tamales are about as hot as it gets for me. And that's a candy. And (laughs) probably not very hot to someone that's got a, a palate like it. Well, not even yours, because you were the death nut was doing you in a little bit. Yeah, but you I did didn't it. like it. You did it. Uh, I was going to ask you. I don't know if you've seen this movie. I watched. Uh, I'll give you a clue. You can name what movie I watched. I watched a, a movie from the from the seventies last night. Um, that is considered one of the greatest films of all time. It's in every top one hundred list you'd ever read. From the seventies. There's not a lot of movies from the seventies. Most mostly male cast, except it's got one female that's in a primary role. The female won best actress for this role. Do you have any idea what wow. movie I'm talking about? Um, now this so movie, this said, movie, this movie won several other. 
Academy Awards okay. as well. When you said seventies mostly male cast, I started thinking of all the right stuff. Is that is that the name of the of the movie with the uh, about the astronauts that would have come out? Uh, I don't know, but that's not that's it. not it. Okay, what is it? No, one flew over the cuckoo's oh, nest. Oh, dude, who is the female in that movie? Well, so Nurse Ratched is her name in the in the movie, right? And uh, I was looking it up last night. I, I, oh, I, it's uh, I don't remember, but Cloris Leachman. No, no. She's uh, she plays, I think she plays like a nurse in. Uh, oh, she there's a movie that. called uh, uh, High Society or what? What's that one called? High High something. There's a Mel Brooks movie where I think she plays a nurse that's supposed to be sexy but isn't. There, there's something in my mind. Look up Cloris Leachman nurse. See what comes it's up. Funny because when I type in nurse, nurse ratchet is the first thing that comes up. <coughs> uh, what was that lady's, lady's name? Ken Kesey wrote that one floor of the cuckoo's nest. Whew. So that one, best picture, best actor, best actress, uh, best director, whatever. So I, uh, have you seen it recently at all? Have you, have you seen it at all? Absolutely. I haven't seen it recently. I mean, I, but I, I've, yeah, I've seen one over the cuckoo's nest. I had seen it before, but yeah. it had probably been 30 plus years since I saw it. So I wanted to rewatch it. I kind of feel like I've gone back from time to time, and this one's on Netflix, so it was easy for me to find. And you hear these things about one of the best movies of all time, et cetera. I think one of the things that uh, age does to films is obviously changes it because you're comparing it to today, movies yeah. of today. I watched one a few months back, The French Connection with uh, Gene Hackman. I think that was the one I watched. And it was so slow. I had heard about yeah. this movie forever. And again, 70s. Came out in the 70s. Um, Robert Redford won. I think Fight of the Condor, CIA movie. Again, the movies, especially from the 70s that we've been told are great forever. When you go back and watch them now, I don't know, man. I don't know if they hold up. That's that what, movie was said, okay. When you said set one of the great movies from the 70s, that's I thought for a second, there's just not a lot of movies from the 70s that show up on those, on, on those things. Star Wars was late 70s, right? Oh, very late 70s, um, if at all. But you're right. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is in that list. There's got to be a few others that we're missing. I think you get you, you probably named a, a, another one there, but uh, it, it those are movies that are are really hard to hold up because things change so much from the seventies. We're yeah. it's such a we're probably going to say the same thing about movies from you know oh sure that aren't period pieces like Titanic is is timeless. In thirty years, people will be maybe, like, maybe. Can you believe that Titanic movie that used to be a big maybe. deal. Yeah, I mean, right. That, that's ridiculous. Be, what they'll be laughing at is the budget for Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. They made a big deal about these guys spending three hundred million, whatever it was. Do you uh, does Avatar hold up? Never seen it. Not my not my type. Not my type of film. I don't think you would like Avatar at all. Haven't seen that. I haven't seen. Um, I know people uh, crap themselves over Black Panther. I haven't Good seen. One. I haven't seen yeah. that. I just don't have an interest. <laughs> crap in, themselves. I just I just don't have an interest in the genre. Like the whole genre, call it. We'll, we'll call it superhero sci-fi. Sci-fi just doesn't do much for me. I just don't. I see those. I only got into those because of Eli. I think that was it. My wife loves them. Like, the Marvel movies are good. By the That's way, good. you're a wad for my wife. If you ever need, if she needs some company, so you're on the wad list. It's a wife-approved date. Oh, okay. You know, you yeah. can, you I'd can go to a movie with Katie. That'd be fun. Technically, it should work the other way around. A wife approved Dave should be who she's approving for me. But we're, we're going in reverse here. It's okay. I made it up so we can do this. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no, like John Burnsy, we were talking about Burnsy's Burnsy's on the list. You'd be on the list. You got to take Nate off the list because she told us last. No, Nate would try to finger her, so he's <laughs> he's off the list for sure. You know, these are people that I can I can trust to just go to the theater, watch the movie, and come home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you'd you'd be I'm at the top of that list. You'd be you'd be on that list. So and she has John and my wife have gone to movies together. Now I say movies, at least a movie. Maybe more. And I've had this discussion. Weird or not weird to do that? I don't find it weird at all. They've, they've known each other a long no, time. I wouldn't think anything of they it. They had interest in the same movie. Right. Um, so come around the corner. We're recording a podcast here. This is live. Hey, how are you? Live podcasting. Come on. Come on in. <laughs> I'll take it from you. Yeah. Yeah. When we don't have a receptionist, we got to do it while we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I'll call you in a little bit, too, about the inspection. All right. You bet. So... We had, um, um, yeah, so, so they've gone to something in the past uh, together. I mean, would you do that in any way? Either way, would, yes. would you do it with another woman? You'd let Aaron do it with a guy? What, what would be the scenario yeah, for you? It, it, but like, like you're talking about, um, my friends that have known Aaron as long as I have. You know, Aaron, uh, I met Aaron because she was working with my best friend, Scott. So they were buddies for a few weeks. I mean, yeah. now obviously in the grand scheme of things, sure. but they but they have been friends before I knew Aaron, and they are still friends. Uh, my friend Josh Christensen is his college roommate dated one of Aaron's buddies before I ever met Aaron. So they had hung out and partied together at, at times. Um, I, yeah, man, my buddy TJ, my buddy Dusty, my buddy Carlston. I, I'd let most of my friends. Most of my good friends go to a movie with Aaron. If it was something I didn't want to see, especially like, yeah, because yeah, you're going to make her happy and she gets to go with somebody. And what's the flip side of that coin? Is there one? Me going to a movie with a girl? You mean? I, if it were not even a movie, it could be something else. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Well, I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely women, my friends' wives, that Aaron wouldn't think anything of it if I were going to go to, yeah. uh, going to go do something like that. I mean, like Katie would fit into that if I said, "Hey, I'm going to go." Charter and I are going to go watch a movie. She'd be like, Mark, I said, no, Katie. She'd go, well, can I come? <laughs> would she? I, I want to go to the movie. Yeah, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a jealousy thing. It would be a... No, it, no be a, under I, that scenario, it would have been FOMO. weird that yeah. you had not asked your wife first. I mean, you got to clear the wife out of the way. You got to say, hey, I'm really interested in this movie. Do you want to go? The wife yeah. says, I have no interest in seeing that whatsoever. Go, well, Katie okay, Charter well, does. I don't want to go by myself. Right. Katie Charter wants to see it. Aaron would absolutely be okay Can we? That. Can we go see it? Yeah. So that, that's kind of the arrangement yeah. that needs to be made. So I, I have a feeling this is one of those things where hmm. people listening are like, I'm on board with that or no way in hell. Like there's just, I, I think it's one of those career dividing lines. I don't think this is like anywhere near like, oh, 90% of people would be like, yeah, my spouse can go with somebody else to a movie. No, it wouldn't be nearly that high, especially if people were being really honest. Um. But, I, the, but, I but, but there, therein lies a whole deeper discussion. Because yeah. if you knew it, if it was a mutual friend, you'd be like, what's the fear here? Right. You know? You think your wife and the, your good friend... Because they went to a movie? ...are going to hook up at like, the theater? Like, what, you know? Yeah, does your wife hook up with you every time you go to the theater? <laughs> man, I used to... I remember the good old days. Oh, the good old days, man. This isn't even about my wife. Back, I remember some, back row of, the movie some of my most vivid memories were with, uh, uh, early on, it was with Catherine. Hey, Catherine. It's also my wife's name, uh, but she was not in the picture yet. I mean, I'm talking like I'm 14, 14, 15. Oh, man, I love, that was such a good time, dude. 
I remember going to Beverly Hillbillies at uh, North Grand Mall. Wow, the uh, one with like Jim Varney and um, had uh, no, this had Dietrich, whatever, playing Jethro. Oh, okay, okay. Because so if I'm was- 14, this is early 90s, 94. Okay, 93, 94. Um, but so that one, um, maybe White Fang, you know, and and this is where I paid I paid for the movie. I sat in the theater for a couple hours, and I couldn't tell you a damn thing <laughs> about the movie. I mean, we're talking like, and now as a married man that actually gets to have sex with a woman, you know, the idea of making out for two hours, hour and a half, it doesn't happen. I mean, no offense <laughs> to the wife. She doesn't want to do it either. It does not happen. Back then, before, and this is before you've ever been laid, oh, that's a good time. And I have fond memories of just making out for a long time. And I don't even remember, I, you know, there was no like, back then it wasn't even any funny business. It wasn't like even going up the shirt. It was just making out. I don't know if you ever had something like that. Do you, did you do that at the theater? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I, I, you're right, Mark. I can't even remember what the movies were that I went to with those high school girlfriends, not because I was so busy petting and making out and all that, <coughs> Yeah, just the nerves of, am I holding her hand at the right time, at the wrong time? Am I, am I you know, when do I try to make a move? When do I, I don't remember. A the s- butterflies of a first oh, kiss. Oh, man. That's what, that's what is, that's the cool stuff. That's the really fun stuff in life. My man. wife made me wait about an hour and a half before our first kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so... It was great. It was great. <laughs> my buddy, I did this last podcast, but uh, my buddy Josh Alton used to have a bit about his wife and how uh, the it was like, hey, when I met my wife, she made me wait two weeks before she let me actually get in the action. Yeah. Two whole weeks. Yeah. That wouldn't fly these days. So I made her wait seven years before I married her <laughs> because that's how long those Pay two back. weeks felt to me. He says, so the, the moral of the story here is, ladies, if you're out with a guy for the first time tonight and you're thinking he might be the one, you might want to hurry up and fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not Ross's bit. He's stealing comedy here. That's it's Josh, funny. Josh I'm in, Alton. I'm in the car. Alton. I'm in the car last night with the wife. We're driving through getting some food for the kids. And uh, a pretender song comes on. Why you look so sad? You know that song? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll stand by you. That's what it is. Songs take you back to certain memories. I remember making out with a girl in a car. Hi, Julie. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, just dry humping as hard as I could. I mean, we're talking about like, this would have been one of my early, early, early experiences. I had a friend old enough to drive, so it would have been at least 15. Um, but just, you know, literally, this is like, and th- this is a sad story because this is a friend I'm not really friends with anymore. But I, my friend Greg, best friend growing up. Well, I mean best friend, man, best man at my wedding, the whole deal. Uh Grew apart because of distance and, and not a fight. There was no fight. There was no falling out, but just life happens, yeah, right? That's right. So sometimes I look back on it, it's like it's a little sad. He's not currently in my life. But um, talk about best friend. Greg had a car. I didn't have a car. And he knew I was interested in this girl or she was interested in me. Um, it doesn't matter, but I think that's how it went. 
So he would drive me out to her house and then we'd like pick her up and like go drive around and stuff. And Greg was such a good friend that he would be in the front seat, like either driving or like we'd go to a park or something like that. And I remember it being cold outside. It wasn't in the summer because and Greg would like sit in the front seat. And just turn up the music really loud, <laughs> so you- and just and just like rock out to whatever's playing, you know, while while Julie and I are in the back seat doing what we need to do. Now this is a, an innocent time, right? This is like the summer of '69. What a friend! What a friend! And so I'm just I'm making out, but at that time, I mean, you're just trying to see if you can poke through your jeans. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's just every 15 year old, every guy that's been 15, dude, remembers these times where you know. You know it's not happening, all right? You're not getting there. But and you're going to do everything you the, can. Dude, getting there is not even on the docket, right? right. You're not even – like there's no chance. You're right. not thinking I'm going to get there. Um, you're just not. But you're, you're like, trying. I'm going to make out yeah. and I'm going to mimic like we're doing it yeah. with all of our clothes on. And it's just like – and now I'm scared because now <laughs> I have a son and he's going to be 15 before I know it and I know he's going to do the same crap that I did. Oh, Mark. But like, yeah, shout out to Greg for being the sex <laughs> chauffeur. That was, that was a good Greg group. sounds like the greatest friend ever. Oh, you know, he was. You know, he was. I, you know, I was the Greg. Yeah. In all of my friendships, I was the Greg. I know. And I'm thinking now as I'm telling the story, I'm like, man, why didn't Greg get out of the car? <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, I'm like, it was cold out. I think it was like winter when this was going on. But I, uh, oh man, awesome, I don't Mark. know, man. This is why, this is why That's, you got it. Such a great story. This is why you got to stay alive, man. These life memories, you don't get them if you're gone, man. You got to you gotta hang around. You got to, and I mentioned that because I happen to, not a great friend, but someone, not to bring the show down, but someone I knew committed suicide about a week ago, um, left kids behind. Tragic story. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are dying right okay, now. Not, not, not just because of suicide. It, but, it's ironic you'd bring this up. Okay, so a guy uh, that, uh, that I'm good friends with named Josh Reynolds um, one of the guys that got me into uh, announcing races at the fairgrounds and at Stewart, really great guy. He listens to this podcast a lot. And uh, in fact, he sent me a thing last week that he went back, found our podcast, and went back and listened to all of them and loves them. Oh, wow. And his brother passed away uh, yeah. this week. He sent me a message. I saw him post on Facebook. He had the vid? No, he did not, man. They don't exactly know what he had. They're waiting for, uh, for an autopsy to come back, but he had a white yeah. cell blood count that was... Uh, that was through the roof, so he was fighting something, but it was he, he tested negative for coronavirus yeah. and flu and all that stuff. Yeah. But I'm sure Josh, at some point, we'll hear this again, and we you know, want to let him know we're thinking about him. He's an awesome guy. His, uh, uh, his brother Ryan passed away we, earlier this week. Bensie's a, a friend of ours. Bensie works here, and we joke within our, within our <sighs> text group. It seems like every week Bensie posts something, and, and I don't think any of them have been best friends of Bensie, but... Buddies, like, I mean, like fishing buddies, hunting people buddies. Knew. Yeah, yeah. Someone dying every week. It's like, oh, this person died. This person died. This, and they've been younger people. We're not talking about people in their eighties. He had one friend that was maybe sixty plus, maybe maybe close to seventy. Yeah. He was an older, uh, you know, an older generation from Bensie, who's our age, forty. Uh, but yeah, all of his other buddies were, I mean, f- fifty-five or younger. It seems like, and I think he's up to like four or something i mean it's it's been it, the joke has become we're kind of scared because we know ben's yeah, here. you know right. people he knows are just kind of going under but um moral of that story though is you know it, talking about life life and this is more for obviously people that are choosing to end their life and that's incredibly sad obviously um and i'd heard someone posted the other day it might have been our group iowa suicides are up 35 percent this year no kidding wow that's what i, I heard didn't see that 
And w- really, when you factor everything in, in terms of uh, freedoms are limited now. They haven't been taken away, away. But, like, you can't do exactly what you've always done your whole life. Uh, job losses, holiday season could be tough for people that yep. aren't, aren't in a good, good place. Um, and then add on to that just normal mental illness and depression that has nothing to do with COVID. And I think 2020 has been an incredibly difficult year for um, a lot of people. No doubt. Out Mark, there. Uh, my buddy Matt Flagg was the first guy when we first got locked down. And the, well, locked down when the quarantine started yeah. to happen or whatever. Um, he called me and he, and he had, was, wanted to have this real serious conversation about the effects of, um, uh, oh my gosh, when they take a prisoner and they put him in uh, isolation. It's called uh, solitary, confinement. solitary confinement. We all, There are lots of studies about the mental... You go crazy fast. ...impact of being yeah. isolated from people. Yeah. Now, that's an extreme example. That's, that's, that's taking the tank and filling it to full right away. Sure. But... What we did, quarantining, social distancing, don't talk to people, don't go see people, stay in your home, that's dropping, that's drops in the tank. It's not, it's, it's not rushing full. We're not telling people to lock themselves inside of a, a windowless room and all that. Something but, else that we've lost, by the way, that I've noticed, because this is something that I would do from time to time, is the human touch aspect. Mm-hmm. We've lost the handshake. That's kind of out the window for the most part right now. Um, giving somebody a hug. You know, whatever. I like. I'm one of those people. Like, like hugs. Like to give hugs. You know, it's one of those things. It's like I think hugs make people feel good. Generally, you know, as long as it's well received. I'm a big you know? hugger. Um, people are afraid to touch each other right now. Um, so that's that's another example of you know one section of that slippery slope. But ultimately, you know, as, as cliched as it sounds, man, I I've often wondered. Like, this is interesting. I was actually, I had this thought the other day, and I'm not suicidal, just to be clear. Um, I thought, like, however many Facebook friends you have, Ross, if you, if, uh, I don't know if you ever thought this, if you put a message on Facebook, assuming that all of your friends read it, which doesn't happen with Facebook algorithms, but imagine that they did. Yeah. And you said, I've decided to end my life unless I hear from every single one of my friends on Facebook. How many would you actually hear from? You know, we'd like to think, I'd hear from all of them because all of them care that much. I don't think that's the reality. I don't think we would. I think people are scared to reach out or scared to say, hey, man, I'm here if you have a problem or uh, whatever. You know, Mark, I don't know. If, uh, if you saw that, wouldn't you drop what you were doing and reach out to that person? I would like to think yes. And then as I think through that, I'm like, how well do I know them? Which sounds incredibly mean. Yeah. But like, how well do I know them? Are they in my life at all? I mean, not that, like that, that's a, a, equated to... I don't care if you're dead or alive, which is not what I'm saying, but I think there would be people that don't respond because they're like, oh, I don't know him well enough. He doesn't want to hear from me. You know, we're only Facebook friends, et cetera. Yeah. I, I do, that, I do think a meaningful point. touch at the yeah. right time can be all the difference to somebody, though. I'd completely agree with that. Maybe, that, maybe, I, maybe I, even I know short term. Maybe only uh, short term. Yeah. Right? Because people that are suicidal, that kind of, most people that are suicidal have an attempt. Or it takes them a while to build up to actually doing it. Yeah. Right? So I think there's moments where it's like, I'm going to, but then, no, no, Ross called me, and we had a really good talk, and that, like, revived me for three weeks, and then I fell back into a depression again. In, in, uh, in talking to strangers, um, Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell goes into the, 
suicide pretty deeply and, yeah. and, and talks about the, the things that have to be in place. Uh, will is obviously number one. Opportunity yeah. is, uh, is the second one that is, is kind of a, a big one. Um, I think, Mark, when suicide is such a horrible thing. It's just such a horrible, horrible thing. Well, it's horrible in every aspect. Obviously, someone's gone, but then the, re- the wreckage it leaves behind is terrible. It's, I- it, yeah, it's magnified. Because, and I have the th- my theory on why it is, Mark, is it, it goes back to like the, uh, the, uh, to conspiracy theories, like the Kennedy assassination. When our brains don't have answers, we fill that empty space with really weird stuff. Yeah. And suicide leaves a lot of questions. It leaves a lot of unanswered stuff. And it's really easy to let your brain fill in those those empty spaces with weird, sure. untrue things that you that, that your brain just does to you. For Especially, some and I don't want to boil everything down to a note, but if no note is left, right, that's a killer. That's it's dude. a big big having big, big, big ha- having known people that have had loved ones commit suicide in both examples. A note was left explaining things, and a note was left where not or no note was left whatsoever, which is just. I didn't know there was a problem, et cetera. I would, I, I'm glad I'm not suicidal because I would be somebody that would really, really struggle asking for help. I want to be Everybody seen. Everybody does. Mark. I want to be seen as capable. I want people to say, like, there's a guy that had the answers. Yeah. They got it figured out. Um, I, I, Mark, I, I, would, a- I would hope I would, but at the same time, I understand. It's like, man, I don't know if I would. Dude, this is a societal st- stigma. If you reach out, you're looking for attention. You're just you're look. You're, you're doing the look at me thing. If if somebody were to post on Facebook and say certain examples, yes, and I've and I've pointed at people before they've done this and said like, if you know like uh, oh, oh my gosh, if one more bad thing happens, dot dot dot. I've always looked at those as attention seeking posts. Yeah, right. Because it's like, why are you being vague well, ab- about because, it? Because Mark, it's the same thing. It's the same exact mentality that you have. They're afraid to actually reach out. They're afraid to say, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. I'm contemplating some really stupid things. Man, I've, I'll be honest, man. I've never thought about suicide, ever. Um, I was shocked to find out that some of my friends were worried about that at one time in my life, that they were, I had a buddy. <laughs> well, that, you just posted this week in our group, like, you got some things to put you up. Behind that list. Well, I, I've, that, I've that's had, why I've had something. I've had suicide in my family. Um, I there's I, I have a job that doesn't pay me a lot of money, and you probably won't have soon based I on am, your industry, <laughs> right? I am. Uh, I think I fit into a personality type that uh, a lot of people would see as high risk for suicide. In that, I, I I'm on the radio, so I'm attention seeking. Uh, I'm always kind of happy and trying to make everybody be happy, which we all know is a facade and you're, you're covering Robin something Williams. there. Yeah, Robin Williams. A lot of people like that. Um, I, I participate in some self-destructive behavior from time to time. So, yeah, I, I, I fit those. There's a lot of the boxes that I check in my life, okay? But I am, I've never even considered it or thought about it. I, I couldn't imagine because I do, I really love life. It's just yeah. a lot of fun to be yeah. doing this thing. Right. Um, but there are, I have had times where I have reached the end of my rope and, and not known where I was going to get a dime and not known how a bill was going to get paid or if they were going to get paid. 
and didn't know how to disrupt my life enough to get out of the ruts that I was in. Yeah. And again, never, never to the point of like, oh, I need to hurt myself, but trying to just think of there's got to be a way out of this. There's got to be a way out of this hole that's not the hard work way. Yeah. And, you know, and eventually if you're an adult, if you've got, you know, if you've got the right people around you and the right friends and family, people go, hey, man, what are you doing? Like, you got to do this. Yeah. You know, and whatever it is, somebody in your life is going to step into your step up and say, hey, you okay? And that, man, that's a big thing, Mark. To be able, you know, to reach out to people. If you think about somebody, if you are thinking about your buddy Greg today, shoot him a text. There is no better time than now, man. And it and it will feel so much better doing it than if a week from now you go, oh, crap, Greg, man, I wonder yeah. how he's doing. Yeah. And then it'll be a month from now and then a year from now and then a decade from now and then you're dead. And then and you never reached out to Greg to say, hey, man, you thanks know. for thanks for driving me around in the cooter catcher. <laughs> <laughs> the cooter catcher, I love it. So uh, like to wrap that up, obviously – You'd hope that nobody listening to this show is having these types of issues, but if you are, uh, somebody cares. I mean, we all have people in our life that care about us. I would, I would honestly say, Mark, somebody if that's cares. the case, reach out. Follow me on Twitter and send me a message. Yeah. And just say, hey, man, I'm one of those dudes that you were talking about. I will gladly go meet you for coffee or yeah. something and just talk and figure out or, be, or better, or better yet, send me a message, and I'll direct you to Ross. There you go. Right. right. I'll give you his send, number. Send Mark a message and tell him how much money would fix the problem. That's. <laughs> hey, we all have our own <laughs> solutions, Ross. We all have our own solutions. So, so yeah, it, I never like talking about the morbid stuff, but it is what it is. It's part of life, unfortunately, and yeah. um, this year, particularly. How about this? Seems, uh, seems to have some issues. We probably won't be recording an episode next weekend because of Thanksgiving. Uh, unless we fit one in Wednesday yeah. for travel. So um, we could, we could spend the last couple minutes talking about all the things we're thankful for. That'd be a fun, happy thing. We could, you know what, before, before we would do that, by the way, I wanted to, um, I, I don't know if you sent this to me or I just saw it online. Did you see the thing this, uh, well, it was this past week. It was a video that you played it and you're supposed to look at a word at the same time. Yes. I didn't send that to you, but that thing has been floating around. It's a blonde chick and she kind of points up in the air. Yeah. And one of them says brainstorm or Yeah, star, brainstorm and what was the other star one? Star scream or something okay, like that. Okay, okay. So, if you click this, so it so basically the point of this video, this experiment is I guess if you're looking at a word, looking at a word that's spelled out, you will hear a word differently. Your brain will change what you hear. And what I did is I watched this. I clicked on it and I watched it with my eyes closed. Okay. And it said, in this example, it said brainstorm. Okay. And then I clicked it again. It said brainstorm. And then I clicked it again. It said brainstorm. Okay. So I'm like, I'm clearly hearing the same word over and over and over. Then I click it again and I watch to the word she's pointing at. Right. And as they say it, I no longer hear brainstorm. I hear the word she's pointing at. Yeah, and it is like star scream. It's a totally which is, different. Which is just bewildering yeah. to me. That literally tells me that our brain can that quickly scramble what we hear and make it so we're not hearing the same thing anymore. That's just fascinating to me. And I was telling my wife this this morning. I said, I've got you figured out. I watched this video. I've got it. You know how many times you come to me and you say, 
I said this, this, and this, and then you said yes. And I'm like, not only do I not remember that conversation, but I certainly didn't say yes. So there's something about when I tell my wife, no, her brain goes, yes. yes. It's the only thing that explains what's happening to her. But I'm like, I just, I find it fascinating that this stuff happens. I don't know. Did the same thing happen to you? Is it one of those yeah. things where like some people see gold, some blue, or is this just happening yeah. to everybody? Uh, I, it, I might be a, a slightly different phenomena from the gold dress, blue dress, or the Yanni Laurel thing. There's a really cool one, Mark, because I've seen that brainstorm Starscream thing before, but there's, a, there's an even better one where it's a scrolling list of words. It's the same sound. If you, get, if you close your eyes, you hear yeah. the same audible thing, repeating, 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 repeating. But the words scroll and show you a different phrase each time, and you hear the phrase that's in front of your eyes so weird. every time. It is wild how that happens, and it is... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, Mark. I, I, I do think that there is something really fascinating there about how we're all experiencing the same things and perceiving them differently. We're all hearing Yanni and Laurel and seeing the blue dress and seeing the gold dress, and it's it, it, it's no wonder why we are as divided as we are with billions of people on the planet. Well, because even politics, it's like he said this. You're like, no, he didn't. You can. I mean, we've had it happen w with President Trump a lot, where he says something, and half the country freaks out, and half the country goes, "What are you freaking out about?" Yeah. And and then that, and then that causes problems too, because then people, you know, take uh, extremes away from those. Well, you're obviously looking to attack Donald Trump. No, I heard the guy say this stuff. Yep. Well, you're obviously willing to defend him no matter if you killed a guy. No, I just heard him say this stuff. Mm -hmm. And we are so far, we're getting further and further away from that understanding of each other that is, it's that it, it's just the Yanni Laurel thing. It's just the brainstorm star scream. Oh, you heard that? That's really fascinating. Wow, because I didn't hear that. Cool. Want to go get a pop? <laughs> I just don't know what it takes to get us back. To normal. I don't think normal exists anymore. I don't think it will Mark, exist even anymore. A, even a big event now, we're so divided. And, and, and years ago, my dad walked me through a military that we were, we were in the process of experiencing some sort of tactical military yeah. operation in that the idea was to divide us as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And then some big event will happen. Now, I don't think the pandemic was the big event. Um, but like if we had another 9-11 right now, yeah. we, we would not have the never forget, we're all in this together. Yeah. It would be so much finger pointing and, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, Johnny, get your gun. because Well, it's the, inevitable too for, for our country. We will have another 9-11. I'm not saying it's well, going to be. I think the fear right now yeah, would be that it happens here while we're this divided. Yeah. That if something happens now, we could be in for trouble. I mean, it's obviously been a very, very long time since we've had an attack of any, of any type. Right. So. I think it's naive to, to think that won't happen. Um, but anyway, so I got my wife figured out. That was that was that's hilarious, Mark. Point of that. Man, that's I wonder too if lawyers story. use those tricks. By the way, they should. If you're on trial and, and someone comes and they're the next door neighbor, and they're like, "I know, I heard this through the wall." Well, Mark, when the first thing you'd be is like, "Let me show you how easy people can mishear things." And I, I would imagine that that is the first trick in every attorney's book. Whenever whenever there's an eyewitness, that's why they say eyewitnesses are. Yeah, are bad witnesses. I mean, dude, you've seen. There's also some really cool stuff that's been out there. I'm sure you've seen that stuff where, like, um, it becomes street theater. 
there is a group of people standing by a fountain, and all of a sudden there is a, a, a fight. Yeah. A, a man and a woman are arguing with each other, and they're arguing and arguing, and all of a sudden another man walks up to the argument and grabs the woman's purse and runs away. Mm-hmm. Okay? And as soon as he does it, they, they kind of wait a few minutes, and then some people go in, they go, everybody stop. Everybody stop. You're part of a social experiment here. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask you questions about what you just saw. And it's all over the place. Man, when I chased the kids that I caught stealing my truck, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm on the phone with the cops. The kid is turning corners in front of me, and I can't tell the cop what he's wearing. Oh, wow. Like, it, 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 your adrenaline's running. Yeah. The kid gets out of sight in a second. What was yeah. he wearing? I don't know. Yeah. I know I was chasing a kid. Did you ever watch The Push? And then there was another Loved one. The Push. The Push, and then they did another one where the guy... Um, it comes down to the social experiment is like uh, he's going to be witness to a shooting or something. It had to do with a gang. They did a, a, another one like the push. If you have not seen the push, by the way, um, find it on Netflix or one of those. It's a social experiment that shows you how quickly people will do things that they would not normally do based on the pressure they're under, based on... Um, just all sorts of, I mean, they set up this elaborate scenario and the results are amazing. I mean, amazing. It's crazy. It, it would be like, it, like Darren Brown, Darren Brown. Yeah. Is his yeah. name. It, it'd be like, um, you come into our office and I ask you, would you ever, would you ever kill somebody? And everyone's going to say, of course not. There's no way in hell. Two hours later, that question is re-asked to you. And now you're thinking about doing it. I mean, we're talking about how quickly people can be changed and manipulated to do things dude, Mark, that they case, would never do. In this case, two hours later, you're killing somebody. Yeah. Not your, not your answer to it as well. I might think about it because yeah, that guy was so annoying. I would murder him. No, 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 no. Uh, two hours after saying, are you, I would never think about taking an innocent person's life. Yeah. You are the one. It's, it. it's wild. The other one that's, uh, that Darren Brown has out, he's got a couple of really good ones. The other one is about um, uh, he convinces this guy that he can shut off all pain to his body by, mm-hmm. like, smacking himself on the top of the head mm-hmm. or something. Yep. And the guy ends up, like, jumping into a gunfight. Okay. Jumping into the middle. Like, it, again, just showing showing how yeah. much you are actually able to do and willing to do and that yeah. you are only holding yourself back from all of this amazing stuff. Yep. Uh, th- this guy... This Darren Brown does some amazing things, man. He's the coolest trick I've ever seen him do. And, it, and, it, and it's completely explained within this next couple minutes. He played seven of the world's greatest chess players all at one time, all in the same room. He's not a chess player. He's never played professional chess in his life. He played seven of the greatest chess players in the world, and he went three, three, and one against them in one day in one day okay here's how he did it <laughs> you're pl- your player one and i'm gonna let you go first so you're you're black you go first yep. okay now i'm just gonna i'm gonna pause our game and i'm gonna move to the second game and then i'm going to do the move that you just did that you just did to me to the next guy okay and so they obviously s- can't see each other. They can't see each other. And he just, he does this around, continues to do this around the room. And he actually has, there's one guy that plays that is a. So he's obviously going to lose the first game. He's obviously going to lose the one game. That's the one game that he knows he's going to lose. Yeah. But then he plays the, the, remembers the moves for each game as he goes around the board. 
and basically plays each guy against the, the other guy yep. and ends up, yeah, like, I don't remember what, I think it's, he's 3-3 three, three, and then there's a draw. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> it's pretty me. cool stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a chess thing out. My wife just watched The Queen's Gambit. It's called. It's on told, Netflix now. I've been told to see that. A lot of people have been talking about that. I haven't seen it yet, but it's out there. Um, yeah, I don't know if we're going to do a Thanksgiving episode. You want to you wrap up with our Thanksgiving episode? We'll feel stupid if we do a Thanksgiving episode. Then, yeah, let's wait. We'll do it next week. You know, if you're going to be around. I'm not going to get all sappy. We got to do it. I feel like, well, I was going to say, we got to do a clean travel version so people can listen oh, with the gosh. kids on I, their way to grandma's. Can you but edit the F word? Because I said the F word here a couple times. I, I don't edit these, dude. Whatever we say goes out. So, oh, shit. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I normally throw an explicit on it if it has. It's probably explicit. a good idea. Yeah. Sorry. This I'll one, try not to I'm going gonna, gonna to have to do that. I'll probably, I'll try, I'm going to try not to be explicit anymore. Yeah. I thought this was a place I could be explicit. You can't, but every once in a while, if we want to do the Thanksgiving episode that they can listen to on their way to Grandma's, <laughs> although apparently no one's going to Grandma's this year. Oh, man. Going to kill Grandma if you go to Grandma. So of all the times I'm thankful I don't have a Grandma, man, right now, can't kill Grandma. So they're, she's already yeah. gone. Yeah, my, uh, my all my grandparents passed away too, so that's, that's not an issue. But the kids, uh, man, they want to see Grandma and Grandpa, and I don't know what, I'm not sure how we're going to pull that off. What? I don't know if we will. I have no idea. Um. Yeah, you're coming up on the holidays. It's going to be a. I don't want to say a rough one for you. Oh, but it'll be rough. Yeah, it's our first, it already first one been. without mom. Yeah, dad showed up the other day with some uh, some stuff for the kids. Had some uh, uh, Christmas things, and yeah, we were just even thinking about the holiday is real emotional right now. What did and you Thanksgiving do? Thanksgiving too. It you was, had mentioned for Thanksgiving that your mom worked a lot of Thanksgiving. Mom worked every holiday. Because you made extra money on holidays. <laughs> so, so you had holidays the next day? Or? Either, yeah, holidays were always like the day before, the day after. You know, it was, we could have Christmas on January 5th because why not? Then stuff's on sale and we can save a bunch of money. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so that was always. Yeah. Yeah. Was she just a worker? I asked that she question was. because, um, at least back in the day, your dad was in UPS management. Yep. And UPS managers make good money. Yep. Make decent money, at least for sure. Yeah. So. Did she just like working? She loved working. Yep. She was a farm girl, grew up in uh, Wisconsin, and my grandparents were obviously Depression-era people, so uh, super conservative as far as their 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 stuff. Sure. Um, very socially liberal, that side of the family up in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, mom was a really hard worker. I mean, just never wanted to re- – was never planning on retiring. Yeah. Like, and, and her conversations that her and I had for years – that was a big thing with her. It was like, what? I don't want to retire and sit around. I'm going to keep working. And then they hired some people that she didn't like, so she just quit. I mean, I have the same thought sometimes. It's like, why do I... You talk about retirement. It's like, I, I, that word, it didn't scare me, but it's like, eh, I don't... I don't have enough you're hobbies. Not a, you're you know? not a sit-around guy, Mark. I mean, I can't if there's a game on. It's not like I can't sit and watch, but it's like I'm always thinking about... I want to go do that. I yeah. need to go do that. I, I think I need projects, and maybe you can be retired and have some good projects. And I do think out, I'm not going to golf every day. You're not much of an outdoorsman, Mm-mm. and I think that those golfers, outdoorsmen, those are the guys that are really planning for retirement because they. I, I won't have a shop. Like I'm not right. the guy. Like I'm going to go build stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's like I'll move to Vegas and be a degenerate gambler. It's probably there you go. Up there's doing. your there's your retirement. I won't have a wife anymore. But. You'll be like the two dudes that were hanging out in the Bellagio uh, sports book. We were so enthralled with those guys, well, weren't we? What did they buy us? Did they buy us all a drink? Did they buy us? No, a, it's like a big, an platter, big platter, platter, 
advertiser. I just out of the blue, out of the blue. We were witnessing these two guys um, that were clearly pros at betting. I mean, you can just kind of tell. I mean, they were they were on their phones. They were like they had a lot of money on them too. I mean, a they lot, a, ton, a lot of cash ton on of them. Cash, a, a stupid amount of cash. They were not in the sports book, just casually watching a yeah. couple of games. These guys were either runners for someone else with deep pockets, or they were doing it themselves. But Constantly on their phones, checking stuff and scurrying up to the windows to place bets and stuff. And and BK, who was with us, was just loving it. Like that's what BK yeah, wants to were, do. They man. were pretty cool. Yeah. You, uh, are you going to tell Grove he better thank you for this episode? Because I mean, Grove's really the reason that we're doing this today, right? We weren't. We were going to miss it because I was busy yesterday. You were busy today. Yeah. And then you wrote and you're like, dude, the Groves of the world will be waiting we, for we, us. Believe it or not. We've got a few people that listen to every episode. I know that. And look forward to it. Yeah. So, and I appreciate that. So from time to time, we say, you know what? Let's uh, try to figure one out and get it out in the world. So um, now, do either one of us know why? No. We don't. <laughs> we don't. We don't try to figure that out. But we do appreciate you listening. It's and fun, uh, we'll try to be back next week with a Thanksgiving episode. By the way, Ross, I never talked about it, but I did mention, I think we've got three episodes. Uh, we're getting episode 40. I think this is 38 today. 40 will be the end of season one. Uh, Ross and I are going to take uh, a little December time off and New Year's and all that stuff off. But plan to be back early next year. So you got a few more episodes before that hits, before we're going to take a break uh, for a little while. We better make but sure it's somebody's 40 episodes. 40 episodes, damn good, dude. We better make sure that it's somebody's birthday in the next couple of weeks. Well, I'm sure we can bum, find bum, one bum, for bum, sure. Bum, 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 All right, everybody. Bum, bum, that is it. Thanks for listening. We will try to catch you next week. Another episode of Jump the Shark is in the books. Ross and I hope you had fun with us, and we made your week a little better. If you love the show, you can help the show. Please subscribe to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can also show some love by telling others about Charterhouse Real Estate. We have made it easy for you to talk about us by charging sellers a lot less commission. They will thank you for giving them our name. We truly appreciate your support, and we will talk to you next week.